so much for coming. As you know, I'm a massive fan of uh, of your work, and we've known each other for, uh, I guess, maybe three years. Um, we were introduced by Charles Ching uh, from Vega, and uh, uh, you know, I was just, just instantly drawn into. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about the why of what you're doing, but I was just drawn into, I literally get tingles through my head as I think about it. Um, but the, uh, just the, you tied together two things I love, entrepreneurship and kids, and you're building up this army of young entrepreneurs by solving a gap in our school system, right? Maybe you could just, for those uh, listening that don't know who you are, Bill Roche, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how this all started. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, yes, we. I'm the creator of Power Play Young Entrepreneurs, which is a an experiential learning project where kids create their own business ventures. Um, and I've been I created the program about 20 years ago, and I'll certainly tell you a little bit about that. Um, but now I run a Canadian charity call that operates under the same name, and it was co-founded by uh, Charles uh, and me about three or four years ago now. And it was it was really focused on helping young people. Uh, create opportunities for young people to develop an entrepreneurial mindset and develop the skills that they need to be successful in their lives, um, regardless of what career path they choose. So, you know, we always like to tell people that it's not necessarily about creating entrepreneurs. It's about helping kids develop that um, the tools that they can really become more self-aware and, you know, create their own pathways to success. And that's really what it's all about. Uh, for me, when I started the program 20 years ago, it was actually really, um, it was driven by a personal experience. I had gone through school and had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And uh, I, w I was an engineer. And, uh, you know, all uh, there were so many points along the way. Um, you know, when I was in university, then I went into consulting. And there were so many points where I thought, you know what, I don't like what I'm doing. Oh, but wow. I really believe that if I quit, I was a failure. And so it was, it was a real awakening for me. And finally, I, I remember distinctly one day, my wife and I were sitting down, we were reading the paper, it was Saturday morning. And she said, you know, there's, there's this job in the paper here, and I think you should take it. And I wow. looked at her, it was totally unrelated to anything I'd ever thought wow. about. And, uh, but she said, you know, it would take the pressure off, give you the freedom, like it wouldn't be as demanding. It would give you the freedom to explore what you, who you are and what you like to do. She knew you weren't happy doing what Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, uh, that's what happened. I quit. And about six months into that role, that job, which we don't even need to talk about, I started to realize I was, I had this query and it was, you know, what if young people were to discover what made them happy from an early age, what they were good at, what their talents were, and what if we could create an opportunity for them to not only do that exploration, but to help them develop the skills, the confidence, and the beliefs in their ability to be successful. And so that's really where Power Play came about. And uh, so I started my first class and I walked into this group of students. What year was that? Was that 20 years ago still? Yeah, that's 20 years ago. And there was a boy sitting kind of right where you are. And he uh, was looking at me and he was making these faces. And I thought, you know, there's something wrong with this kid. You know, there's, you know, he must have something wrong with his face. And then I realized, no, 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 he was, he was trying to intimidate me. And it was really wow. cool to watch. So what happened was by the end of the first class, he looked at me and he said, okay, I have two questions. He said, are you saying if I start a business, I get to keep on my own profit? How old is this kid? This is, at that time it was grade 10. So yeah. it's a little older than what we focus on right now. And, um, 
Anyway, he was fully engaged. When we went back to the next class, he um, he was the kid that was up in front brainstorming, and he ended up being the top salesperson. So, so let me understand what he asked you. He said, yeah. "Are you oh, are point. you telling me that if I do what you say I'm doing, I can do whatever I want?" Is that what he asked? Well, what he wanted to know was, it, could he make his own decisions, and could he get to keep his own profits? And so one of the fundamental principles of power play is that the kids are in the driver's seat and they make all their own decisions. And that's, that's, and so I, and even at that point, I would look, you know, when I went into a school to test this out, I would say to the teachers, there's no way I'm working with your school unless the kids get to make those decisions to the point where every single student had to agree for me to work with their class or I wouldn't work with the class. And so it ended up that this boy, his name was Glenn, was the top salesperson, totally knocked it out of the park. But what was so cool was that when we did the debriefing with the teacher and the principal, they told me that he was a kid that never participated in school. So it was that very first classroom where I, you know, I saw the power of this. Yeah. And that's really um, where power play developed. And we we started testing, but we realized that we had to go earlier. We had to start younger. Mm -hmm. And that's why we start now with grades four through eight with the the basic power play program. Grade four. Mm -hmm. And how do the young kids respond? Do they respond like Glenn and they must have more basic questions or where do you start with them? Yeah, no, they're totally charged. And and that's the exciting piece is that strong academic achievers really relate to this topic. They do very well. Um, But to me, the most exciting piece is the fact that we're engaging those students that typically aren't successful in school. And so you're seeing kids with behavioral problems, kids operating below grade level, students with autism, all finding their own pathways to success. But the key thing is that we are creating that environment where they are able to tap into their their creativity and really take charge of their learning. And that's where the power comes from. I totally get it. Another reason it resonates so much with me is uh, that my my 11-year-old boy, he's, uh, he's dyslexic and ADD. And he's in an amazing school called Fraser Academy, which specializes with kids with learning differences just like him and uh, just like he has. And they're doing amazing work there. And I hope that they have your program in their school because I know that he struggles a lot. He knows he learns differently than than the kids he used to go to school with. So that formed his first impressions of himself and and his sort of abilities and self-confidence and stuff. Um, And he's much similar to his new buddies at school. But um, this type of thing for him, he would totally get it. And he's incredibly creative, which is a beautiful byproduct sometimes of of uh, his learning differences. Um, it'd be amazing for him. And it's just another reason why I love it so much. I, you know, I can't I think the learning differences is 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 such a great way to describe it, because every child is unique. Right. And so if we can create a platform that enables, you know, children to really look at their strengths and their talents, how they can grow and how they can develop, but just really remove the barriers to success for them and meet them where they are. And that's that's really, in essence, what, what it's all about. It reminds me of a great story, actually. Um, this is a teacher that uh, she she was very close to retirement. You know, she had been uh, uh, teaching for a long, long time and she came to me and she said, you know, I'm willing to give the program a try. And but, you know, it's it's kind of a hard year. She said there's, you know, a boy in my class that um, when we came together in September, you know, everybody said it was going to be a rough year because this boy had a, a lot of learning um, differences and, and, and it was actually a lot of behavioral issues as well. And so when I met her after the program, she said, you know, uh, everything it was a rough year up until January when we started power play. And she said, "What?" but at that point, she said, this boy started to demonstrate when he was doing power play that he had really strong verbal communication skills. 
And so as a result, he was, uh, she shifted her teaching approach with him, not only with power play, but in other subjects as well. And so what we find with power play is that it doesn't only provide an opportunity for students to take charge and discover who they are. It also provides an opportunity and a vehicle um, where teachers get to discover more about the students. They get to be able to personalize learning because they they see this engagement and they see this excitement. They see how students can communicate their learning in ways that are unique to them. And I think that's incredibly powerful um, to be able to recognize that all students are different and we need to be able to meet them where they are. So how does the program work? Like for imagine a grade four class, like how does it start? Uh, how long is it? Who's involved? Yeah, um, the program. So the program, what I love about it is that teachers are the facilitator. And so it integrates into different subject areas, makes it really easy for teachers to um, to fit it into their to their daily plans because they're achieving math and English language arts and social studies all in a meaningful, really um, exciting and relevant way. Um, so it's not something extra they have to take on. They can oh. achieve the learning outcomes. So this this counts towards the regular curriculum? Oh, absolutely. It, it's, it's designed so that it complements multiple different subject areas. And so if we're looking in BC as an example, what's exciting is BC's, um, you know, has a fairly innovative curriculum um, approach and in, in that they really place at the core competencies such as critical thinking and creative creativity and problem solving and so on. And that in essence is, is the beauty of power play because with power play, each of the students is challenged to create their own individual business. They will develop a business plan. They'll use design thinking to go through and create their own business ideas. Um, but the most exciting piece is that they're actively developing those competencies in order to achieve their own goals. So they have to think about, well, if I want to be successful with marketing, I'm going to have to be more creative. If I want to make my product, I have to be more organized. Mm -hmm. So they're taking that those steps and they're reflecting on it and they're using that assessment as they're going through as a way to really help them be more effective. So that's that's how it happens in a school. Oh, wow. And this is what does that mean, Bill? Is that 95 percent? improvement in critical thinking or is that what what like is involved in in the program yeah we measure our impacts in, in a variety of different ways um, but as an example 95 percent of the students that participate tell us that they're more effective with critical thinking uh, 97 say they're 97 percent say they're more confident and so wow. on and we've actually done some uh, really exciting research with simon fraser university and so what we're able to show through their research with 2400 bc students is that the program, kids that participate in the program demonstrate anywhere from a 26 to a 59% increase in those types of competencies. They also show that the study also showed that um, kids demonstrate an 11% increase in growth mindset, which essentially means that they're more likely to take risk with their learning um, and, and so then be more successful, you know, in school. So the exciting thing about power play is that yes, it's teaching entrepreneurial skills. It's teaching them a bit to have a, you know, an entrepreneurial mindset, but to me, um, the power is that it's teaching them to be more successful in school today. And, uh, and that's really what's important. If we can put them on a new trajectory uh, or enhance where they already are, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just to help them be even more effective with creating their own, uh, their own success. Mm -hmm. um, that's really the power of the program, I think. 
And is it the teacher that teaches them or with your curriculum or is there other people that you bring in? Yeah, it's a bit of both. Actually, one of the most, um, the key features with power play is that parents play a very key role in the implementation. Um, so the teachers have a full resource package that supports them as they're going through in the classroom. They It's all based on game-based learning. So they're using games to introduce topics such as market research and so on. So again, it's very hands-on, right? It's it's not just sitting there and being taught about business. It's getting up, it's moving around, it's interacting and so on. Um, a lot of the product development takes place in homes. So teach, parents have full parent resource packages to support them. And then we often will bring in speakers and connect the kids with um, um, volunteers from the community and the opportunity to have those four types of connections is, is also incredibly powerful because it just, you know, it, it's another person to really give them a tap on the back and just say, Hey, you know what, you're doing a great, good job mm -hmm. and, uh, and give them encouragement and suggestions. So mm -hmm. the kids really, really resonate with that opportunity. Mm -hmm. You mentioned January before. So does it start in a, in a January and take maybe five months to complete or? No, the program takes place over a six week period. So we generally, uh, and it's, it's aligns with every individual teacher's goals. So teachers are launching it at any particular time based on their goals. Um, but typically we have three waves. So there's a fall, winter and spring wave. And uh, that seems to be the norm across the, uh, the different school districts. Mm -hmm. And do the kids uh, get like an hour a day or half a day or in class or how does it work? Again, uh, a teacher can customize the program to meet his or her needs. Um, we recommend that a teacher would spend about five hours of class time a week. Mm -hmm. However, there's so many different extension activities and we actually have some teachers that will spend all day every day um, just moving um, from subject to subject all under that entrepreneurial theme. Uh, that's not the norm, but it's it, the potential is there for sure. And how does it end? It ends with a really exciting dynamic showcase event. And so the students come together, they set up displays, typically in the gymnasium. Um, all the other students in the school are invited to attend. Parents come, grandparents come. It, it's just a really exciting opportunity. And they're selling their stuff that they made. Exactly. They're selling the products. You know, they they have to think on their feet. They have to solve problems. They have to use their communication skills. And this is really the most exciting piece for them. Um, another thing that uh, the program does is that it teaches kids about social responsibility. Mm -hmm. So the kids, um, each of the students is challenged to donate 10% of their profits to charity. Yeah. Um, so you'll see at that a big event where the kids are often, you know, uh, talking about their charities and, mm -hmm. and promoting their charities as well. I remember I attended a, a showing of your movie. You have a movie about this and, and uh, it was amazing. Um, tell me about the movie in a second. But I remember after the movie, there was uh, a bit of a taste of this showcase. You had some of the students come up and uh, and display their wares just like they would have at their school. And it was really impressive. I mean, it, it, there's no one there, you know, had designed a new cell phone, but there was lots of kids who had invented cool stuff that they thought was really cool and, and stuff that I thought was really cool. And and you know some cool jewelry and just all different types of stuff and and asking them about it and, and the why behind they designed it this way or that way it was awesome you know i remember that event actually cam and and uh, there's one of the students one of my uh favorite stories of all time with power play um the girl was at that event <clears throat> excuse me uh, so her her story her name is melanie and she uh has a spinal issue and so she spends several weeks every year in hospital. And uh, and in the past, it was something that it was, she didn't like to talk about it. She was a little embarrassed by this, <coughs> excuse me. 
<clears throat> and what was exciting was that um, she decided that she wanted to make a product that would really help people become more aware of the spinal issue. And so she um, she was an artist and she sculpted these be beautiful um, animals out of this thick wire, decorated them in these beautiful walls and beads and so on. And each one had a spinal theme. So the elephant, you know, had a, it was very small or very intelligent, I should say, and the focusing on the nervous system. The giraffe had a long, long spine. The jellyfish didn't have a spine and so on. And it was really neat. She just made these beautiful products, but with each one came her story. So she was really opening up. But what drove her to really promote that product and create that was the ability to give back to the children's hospital and so uh you know that's that's what that, that's what excites me is is when you go and you hear each of their individual stories and you and you find out what drives them the why behind their business it's always different it's always unique and and quite frequently it touches your heartstrings in a big way right yeah. um, but i met melanie a week uh about a year after the program and i said melanie you know you're still selling your product and she said, yes, she said, I am. And I just reached one of my big goals. And her goal was that when she started, she decided she wanted to donate $1,000 to the Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. And she'd reached it. And she had reached that wow. goal. Yeah, so it was quite exciting. Amazing. I mean, yeah, that just reminds me of the movie. The movie was a tearjerker. And, and uh, I don't know, I don't cry a lot, but I cry in movies. You know, I don't know why, but uh, um, one of the things that, really gets me is watching people try you know to, yeah. to to have the courage to try at first and then to struggle and succeed or not you know it's just it really gets me and that's those are common themes in the movie how did what was the idea behind the movie and and how did uh how did it come about it's awesome you know it is awesome and and i really um the original idea was actually came from charles um when charles and i first met um he had some very definite ideas about what he felt we should do first. Um, and so, and one of them was come up with a documentary. So we worked really closely with a, a very talented filmmaker called Tanya Marignac. And Tanya is a local Vancouver um, person here and just incredibly talented. And, and she kind of, you kind of nailed it a few minutes ago with what you said, because Tanya told us that she said, you know, the only way I'm going to do this is if we can tell stories that are authentic. And she said, so, you know, if a student starts out and is going down a good path and then all of a sudden doesn't complete, that has to come out. Like we have to show that, you know, the students have to have the freedom to fail. And I said, well, that's perfect because in power play, that's exactly the way it is. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, we treat failures as learning opportunities. So we don't even see that in a negative way, which we can talk about later. But with the documentary, what was so cool is that you see the stories of four distinct students with, you know, incredibly different learning profiles. And you see them over, you know, the challenges they face, the obstacles they face. And as a viewer, you just don't know if they're going to succeed. But mm -hmm. I agree with you. Like, as I watched that film, it was it was very heartwarming. Uh, each of the stories just to see um, how the students move through the experience and uh, and were successful. Sorry, I'm looking away. And yeah, it's OK. Um, Nick's just got up on the screen here. Mindset Matters. That's the name of the film. I see the trailer there on your website, mindsetmattersdoc.com? Yeah, that is, uh, it's actually um, a website that is dedicated specifically to the documentary. So mindsetmattersdoc.com. And you can also go to the Power Play for Success website to learn about it as well. 
Um, but the neat thing about it is, as I said, is that, you know, those four students, um, you get to see their stories and, and the, you know, the way they challenge themselves and the way they support each other. But, you know, one of my favorite pieces of the film, and this is really interesting because we often think of entrepreneurship as being competitive. And with Mindset Matters, um, I don't know if you remember this scene, but there's a girl reflecting on her experience. And she says, you know, I, I'm looking back and I, I realized that, you know, we got along better. Our class is getting along better since we started power play. And then she says, you know, actually, she said, we're, we're, we're not fighting as much. <laughs> and then there was, there was actually one more line where she says, you know, we're not, there's not as much bullying as there was in the past. And that, that piece got cut out in the, in the uh, editing table, but or in the editing process. But what was exciting was um, I've had a chance to, when we use the documentary as a platform for introducing the program to students um, and get them starting to think about mindset, um, we have interesting dialogues. And so there was a group of students that had completed the program. And I said, you know, what do you think of that statement? Like, how does that resonate with you? And um, one of the girls captured it best. And she said, you know, Bill, she said, we all want to be really successful with our businesses. So when we bring in our prototypes and we're sharing with each other and we're giving each other feedback, we know that we have to be brutally honest. But she said, we're also very vulnerable. So we have to be incredibly kind to each other as well. And I think that's one of the pieces that we just don't anticipate. Yeah. But we see it from classroom to classroom. And I think that is one of the most exciting um surprising pieces yeah. uh, that power play has to offer. Amazing. I, I must admit, I hadn't thought of it. You know, I, I thought, you know, kids are the future for sure. Everybody knows that. I personally believe that entrepreneurship will save the world and that you're bringing those two things together is, you know, one of the reasons I'm excited to have you here today, but the, um, the sort of vulnerability and, you know, the, the, those type of things that they have to that come out of it, the learning and how I, I feel this way. So they probably feel less way and it's very empathetic. Um, and combined with the radical honesty that people need to be successful, like finding balance between those two is not something I would have thought was part of your program, but it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So tell me about failure. You know, what is it? Uh, it's a scary thing for everybody, no matter young or old. It is, you know, it's, 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 but in power play, you know, one of the things that we, the language that we use with the students is that we want you to treat this as a market test. So we're really not interested, um, whether you sell all your products, um, you know, whether things go smoothly, that's not what this is about. Power play is an experiment. And so the kids learn very quickly that it's, it's really about the reflection at the end. You know, what did they put in it? What sort of uh, skills and talents did they uncover or develop? And, and so it really, um, they really learned that that is the key, the process to learning is, is actually experimenting and trying and reflecting and moving forward. Mm. And so it, it's really powerful to see the kids having those types of conversations in the classroom, but more importantly, putting it in, into practice and mm. being able to build that skill set and that muscle that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but you know, that's something I had to learn the hard way and, and it was, and you know, yeah. still dealing with it. Right. Totally. Um, and I think that's practical for all of us, but to help kids change their viewpoint of that from a very early age mm. uh, is really setting them up for success, especially when we think about, you know, the amount of changes that are coming to our, our workforce and so on. Kids need to be resilient. They need to be able to adapt and uh, be flexible as mm -hmm. they move forward. Mm -hmm. 
I know you work closely with uh, the school boards, obviously, and schools, and and you have uh, you know education experts in your team. Um, so as delicately as possible, I mean, why is it up to you to create this curriculum? Why is that? Why do you think this isn't already part of you know school with math and English and basics? You know, I, I think the basics are there. Um, you know, this we have a very innovative solution, and and it's taken years. It's taken years of development, and and like you said, we we brought in specialists in education. We deal with entrepreneurs. We deal with parents, um, and we're constantly re revising and growing. Um, the expectation, if to put this on an individual teacher to come up with this, you know, comprehensive resource package, um, you know, it's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. And and so I often look at it, you know, it, it's really what we're bringing to the table is no different than another innovative technology that supports teachers, whether mm -hmm. it's whiteboards or computers or whatever the case might be. Mm -hmm. We're just providing them with a solution that they can adapt and use to meet their goals. And I think that's the beauty of the program is that each teacher can take it. And they do their own extensions. Mm -hmm. They adapt it. They, you know, it, it's just providing this basic formula for them to follow and, and use. So, mm -hmm. I don't see it as um, I just see it as a, a real great synergy. You know, our charity is is there to support educators, and we work really well um, with educators and and just in providing um, collaborating and and co creating. So I, I see it as a really positive experience. I realize as you as you explain it, I, I don't really know like how curriculums are made. Like, you know, the, the curriculum that, you know, grades, grade five students have across uh, BC or Canada, like who decided that when, and, and how is it decided what the kids are taught? Is it the, the school system? Has it just been around for decades? Is it new? Or does, does each teacher kind of make their own choice? Yeah, there's a basic curriculum, um, like learning outcomes that teachers have to achieve. And that is, is always in Canada, at least, um, defined by the ministers, you know, the Ministry of Education. So that's in place. However, teachers do have autonomy in terms of how they teach it. And so what's nice about it, as long as they're achieving the learning outcomes, you know, the way they teach will align with their their teaching practice and so on. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, as long as they're achieving the outcomes, then they, they're right on track. Right. So it's it, it's really it, it, this is a, a tool, as I said, that really enables the teachers to achieve what the, you know, the ministries are saying they have to achieve, but it gives them the freedom to be able to pick and choose, you know, I'm going to use this module, I'm going to change this, I'm going to extend this learning in this area. Um, so again, it really enables them to um, really match it with their own teaching goals. So is it, is it the teacher that is your customer, you know, per se, is it the yeah, school it, district? You know, it really varies. Um, what we find is, you know, when people see the documentary or they hear a story about power play, uh, many teachers will reach out to us, you know, um, directly and, and want to use the program. Mm -hmm. um, but it varies from, you know, from region to region. So as an example, we were re recently uh, within the past few years, uh, we had the Ministry of Education in New Brunswick reach out to us. And they had heard about the program and they were very keen, actually. This is a really interesting story mm -hmm. um, because they they saw the value of connecting um, K to 12 education with economic development. And so they wanted to bring power play in. in New Brunswick in particular, a lot of their young people move away because they don't see opportunities there. And so they really wanted to embed entrepreneurial thinking from an early age. And, um, so they brought us in and it was a really a tremendous success story. 
And in fact, one of the things that we learned from our research there was that as a result of participating in the program, students were seeing significantly um, uh, higher levels of excitement and, and they, were, they had much higher perceptions of their ability to stay in New Brunswick after high school and create or find new opportunities there. Cool. Yeah, so that was kind of neat. And how, uh, I wonder how, how do people, you said, you said the movie was kind of like the genesis of that, that idea of that, uh, of New Brunswick to, to get involved. How can regular people see the movie? Is it available on the, on the website? Yeah. So people can reach out to us. We, we At this point, we typically organize different screenings um, for different communities and different associations and things. Um, so there's an opportunity on the website for people to reach out, you know, say they'd like to help us organize a screening or they'd like to attend a screening in their area. And we can certainly um, reach out to them and put, you know, once something becomes available. I see. Yeah. But an individual can't just click a link and watch it. No, but to be quite honest, if an individual is interested, they can certainly contact us and we'll find a way to help them see it yeah i see yeah i get it yeah there it is it's awesome so what uh what what areas are you in you mentioned new brunswick that's pretty far away from uh, vancouver what other areas are you operating yeah we operate in in most of british columbia so about 30 um 30 school districts in bc and um what's exciting is that um we are now starting to expand into other regions. So New Brunswick was a real interesting uh, story because it, our board looked at it as an opportunity to test how scalable power play was. Mm -hmm. So we work very closely um, with one of the districts in particular to create what we call a model of excellence. Mm -hmm. And in that district, um, you know, they have several district leads that support implementation. The superintendent, you know, set the target at 100% of his uh, middle schools participating in the program and so on. And it's really become a strong model for us to test in other areas. So, uh, you know, in the next few months, we'll be um, running similar type projects in Ontario, uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta. Um, so, yeah, we're starting to reach out slowly. Awesome. And if a parent was listening and wanted uh, this for their kid, what would be the best way, I guess, take a, a Mindset Matters link? And yeah, they, send it to somebody at school. Absolutely. Uh, I think the mindset matters or even go to the power play young entrepreneurs website and just get information and provide it to their teachers. Um, so, you know, uh, power play for success and for the numeral dot uh, com uh, is where they can find out specifically about the power play program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're happy to if a parent wants uh, just to chat with us and, you know, introduce us to their teacher or the principal, we're happy to facilitate those conversations mm -hmm. um, or a teacher, parent or, you know, principal can reach out to us um, and we can uh, go that route as well. And what does the future look like? What are your, what are your plans? How big uh, do you want it to get? And what's, what's the plan? Yeah, our plan is, you know, we really, we would like, uh, our vision is to make this accessible um, to young Canadians all across the country. We'd love to see that, you know, every child in Canada at one point has participated in Power Play Young Entrepreneurs and also to provide those extensions and opportunities for them to build on the learning experience through, uh, you know, a variety of extended learning opportunities, whether it's summer camps or innovation days, that sort of thing. But really, it's, it's really to support all Canadians in having the mindset that will enable them to be successful uh, in their future careers. I can't wait to hear about you know, that, that person that is now a grown up successful entrepreneur talk about how this was a, just a hugely impactful experience in their life and, and where they're at, you know, today is because of that. 
You know, it's interesting. I, I got a call recently, um, about a couple of years ago now, uh, from a student that had taken the program 20 years ago. And so he, he was in my very, very first year. And he was at his parents' house cleaning out the garage, found the workbook, and he said, I've got to reach out. So he wanted to um, volunteer and connect with our students. And it's interesting in getting to know him again, um, what he said was the program changed the trajectory of his life. And it, it's so interesting to see. Um, you know, I also heard a story recently where one of the students that started out in Power Play has, is now a young adult. She was recently on Dragon's Den, you know, made, raised a lot of money and so on. So there's those types of stories. But, you know, for me, too, it's, it's also the, um, you know, it, there's so many different stories that are inspirational. And mm -hmm. we brought a group together recently just of students just to talk about uh, they'd completed the program within the past two or three years. And we just wanted to know if um, their transition into high school, like what was the impact on them? Mm -hmm. And one of the boys said, you know, he said, I really felt confident, uh, far more confident going to high school because with power play, I learned how to meet new people. And he said, so he said, I really, I, I, he said, I had a really great success in grade eight, moving in and meeting new people that had never met before. So I think the the way the program impacts kids can be totally different. And, mm -hmm. and uh, it's always exciting to hear their stories. Oh, to be the best part and it's no doubt there's just going to be more and more and more um why is it a charity why why didn't you set this up uh, as you know a profit center and, and making money like all these entrepreneurs you're training yeah you know um it's interesting when charles um launched the charles chang institute at sfu mm -hmm. uh he was speaking with one of the i think it was the dean or and he was saying you know this is great but we have to start an elementary school and so it was interesting. So somebody in that conversation said, okay, well, you have to meet Bill. And so we started talking and we just said, you know, we, what we really resonated in terms of our visions uh, and our values. And one of the things that we had in common was that we were really have a real strong desire to reach all young Canadians. And so um, we felt the best way to do that would be through a charity and to really engage the community and start a movement. So mm -hmm. rather than, you know, doing it in a profit way and getting people involved, you know, and just kind of building a business, we just really wanted to build a sense of community, have people feel like they belonged and provide opportunities for um, all, all members of the community, whether they're parents or teachers or um, entrepreneurs, people that wanted to make donations or just get involved as volunteers mm -hmm. um, to really get involved and be a part of that movement. Mm -hmm. And you, you run this charity full time. You don't have, uh, it's not a side hustle for you. This is, this is your thing. Yeah, this is my thing. It's a hundred percent of my time. It's, um, it's something that I'm really passionate about and driven oh. to do. And, uh, you know, I, I often share this story. Uh, it's a boy that I met in, I think it was probably my first year or so, maybe the first couple of years. And I was working with a student, a uh, group of students, and they all had extreme behavioral issues. It was an inner city class and uh, it was actually an after school program. And I got to work with them directly. So it was a real exciting time for me. And this one boy would storm out of the classroom every week and he would, the books would hit the floor. He'd scream and shout, the door would slam. And I'd always just follow him out and say, hey, you know what? Take a few minutes when you're ready, come back, you know, get on track and so on. So it ended up that at the sale, at the final showcase, his mom was there. The big brother from the Big Brothers Association was there. They were beaming and pride and he had a great, great success. But a year later, he came back and he um, he looked at me and he, he was crying because he was moving to Calgary and he wasn't able to participate. 
And he said, he had a gift for me and it was three shiny little stones. And he said, you know, what do you see? And we said, well, they're smooth, they're colorful and they're special. And he said, yes, I'm special too. And that's how I want you to remember me. Mm. So that to me is is the driving force. Like, you know, I just love what I do. I love mm. the fact that, um, you know, I get to not only impact kids directly, but to empower um, parents and teachers with the tools they need to help their kids, you know, see an expanded view of what's potential, what their potential is. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I love what I do. Well, you people that do this kind of thing are just amazing. I mean, it's, uh, I, I get that you love your work. I understand it. And I still admire that, that you do this, you know, he's surrounded by entrepreneurs and, and talking about entrepreneurship and, and choosing this sort of leadership path, this teaching path, and it's such a generous kind of like thing to do with your life, right? It's creating these opportunities that are just going to, you know, turn, help change kids and, and for the better. Yeah. And, but, you know, I think it goes back to the basic principle, right? And, uh, you know, when I talked about earlier about finding, helping kids discover what they're passionate about, like, isn't that really what, what success is? Mm. Like if, if we can all do what we love, um, you know, that leads to so much fulfillment, but it's not just about that. It's, it's doing what you love, being able to support yourself and manage yourself and also contribute and give back. Right. Mm -hmm. That, that to me is the, the formula for success, the power mm -hmm. play is teaching kids. Yeah. It's amazing. Tell me one more time how people can help, like what kind of help do you need? Is it, is it calls to school districts and teachers or uh, is it um, volunteering in some way or donating? Like if people love this as much as I do, what can they do to help? You know, the, the, all of those things are great. Um, so really, Cam, we're, you know, we need support on a variety of different levels. We love when parents introduce us to their teachers and their schools. That's always a great help. Or, you know, give the Ministry of Education a call and say, hey, you've got to meet Power Play. Um, but the, really, the biggest thing that we need now is, is finances, is to provide that access. We're seeing now, you know, especially in a post-COVID environment, um, I think when we think about how how COVID is impacting everybody, um, kids need this now more than ever. You know, there's there's learning loss associated with COVID. There's high levels of anxiety. And we know that the best way, um, you know, the leaders, the think tanks and so on in these areas are telling us that in order to be the most, you know, have the greatest impact, first and foremost, we have to engage kids in learning. Mm -hmm. And that's what power play is strong with. The most strong with is, is, is student engagement. So really it's, it's, you know, it's donations. It's helping us provide greater access to kids mm -hmm. in all regions of the country. And, uh, but we always welcome volunteer opportunities and support in whatever way people can give. I never thought about the impact of COVID. You know, I I think I have worried about the kids a lot, you know, especially kids at that, at a certain age when these are really formative years and those happen, you know, various times in any kid's life. But, you know, the impact of, of fear, you know, and, and mask mandates and, and be careful and uh, don't play with your friends right now and just all the, the change. And I, I wonder, like, I never thought something like this could be helpful. I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is the kid who um, shared that this really taught him how to introduce himself to people because he had some stuff he had to sell, right? And he had to, you know, do his pitch. And and the, in, in the eighth grade or whenever he went into high school, that, that that became the same way he approached people he'd never met before. And it's awesome. Certainly some kids have been locked up during covid um, but this idea that uh, that this program is needed more than ever just totally resonates. Yeah, it's so true. You know, we had to pivot um, 
many times during COVID. And, you know, at first we, you know, created an online version of the program to ensure that continuity of learning when kids were not able to get to school. Um, you know, we had to revisit and reimagine what those final showcases could look like because people couldn't come together. Um, but I think the thing that was most impactful for kids was the lack of connection with the community and especially with the inner city schools where kids really thrive on that connection with volunteers and so on. So one of the, one of the stories moving through COVID that I think was that I'm most proud of is working with a an inner city school um, or, you know, a low, so really challenged uh, school in on the Vancouver Island and just being able to provide and Zoom mentors into the classroom and just create a kind of a, a an appropriate, uh, we didn't do the full program, but we were able to do a hybrid just to be able to give them those connections. And that's what the teachers told us was that, you know, the the high levels of anxiety that they were seeing and experiencing as they were moving through COVID. Um, they were able to control those or put those, manage those more effectively because of those connections that we were able to provide during power play. So absolutely, I think anything that we can do to support teachers in this post pandemic environment is gonna be critical because the next couple of years are gonna be really, um, really challenging, I think for the school system in terms of getting back on track and making sure those, we're rebuilding those connections and helping kids feel confident and mm -hmm. resilient and, um, and engaged in learning. Mm -hmm. yeah. The volunteers that you put on the screen for those kids during COVID and the ones that drop into some classes now, like if people are interested, maybe wondering if, if that's them, what is the ideal type of volunteer? I guess it's someone who's got a bit of a story to tell, perhaps an entrepreneur or yeah, you know, we um, <clears throat> our team has been very successful, too, with with curating um, uh, some volunteer materials and things that work really well. So we have a variety of themes. You don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur or, you know, have a, you know, or be a really successful business person. We welcome all those things. But it's it's really I think the driver is is people that are, have a real keen interest in supporting young people. And just helping them out. So, um, yes, absolutely. We love entrepreneurs to come in and share their stories. We've got great opportunities for that. But we also love people that, you know, just want to make a difference and just kind of get involved. A lot of our volunteers actually are university students that are learning about business. And the thing that I hear from them, which is really interesting, is that they find it to be a very gratifying volunteer experience. But at the same time, and this is the piece that surprised me, was they also find it to be a huge growth experience for them because they have to think about, hey, you know, I'm successful in business or I'm learning about business, but how do I communicate that to a nine-year-old? Mm -hmm. And so it really forces us as adults um, to think differently and 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 have a really uh, positive experience working with the kids. Mm -hmm. Tell us one more time how people can get in touch with you if they want to get involved in any way. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to us at powerplayforsuccess.com. And uh, we're happy to uh, chat with you and figure out uh, what the best way for you to support kids in your community, uh, the best way for supporting kids in your community and find out a way to uh, connect you with uh, local schools. Well, thank you so much for what you're doing and for coming here today. It's a pleasure, Cam. This has been a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to hearing some of your other um, podcasts as well. It's going to be exciting. Thank you. Great. Thank you.